Well, welcome to uh, our Foundations podcast. And uh, Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, Pastor, uh, we, we have a lot of stuff that, uh, well, we have the last chunk, shall we say, of, uh, of, of the uh, Holiness Code. i got to remember. Holiness Code. Okay, but welcome to the Foundations Podcast, folks. Uh, last last week we were we continued on. This has been, I believe, we are working on part eight, which is probably should wind up of the Holiness Code. There was a lot of stuff in here, Pastor. I mean, within these three chapters, there is so much stuff that is that comes out of here uh, that talks about. Well, I said, "Be holy as I am holy," but it talks about. Uh, different types of sin, toybot sins, uh, this type of thing, things that we shouldn't be doing. And again, I always like to uh, kind of bring it out that when they were talking about this, uh, God was telling them the stuff they were doing in Egypt, you're not to do. And the stuff that they were doing in Canaan, you're not to do that either. And so this kind of stuff was actually happening in those areas i mean that that's the uh, i mean very clearly there was that stuff going on and god said you are separate you're apart you should be holy um uh, as i am holy and not do these type of things and you know there's also the the probability i should say that you know they were in egypt for 400 i believe it's 30 years total mm -hmm. um and considering what ha happened at Mount Sinai um, with the golden calf, yeah. uh, they were probably doing some of this stuff while they were in Egypt. And that's one of the reasons that God was very clear. You know, you, you don't do what they did in Egypt or even what maybe you did. Yeah. Uh, and you certainly are not going to do those practices of the Canaanites. No. And uh, so I, I'm sure that's probably why we have the, what I would call the severity of the instruction, mm -hmm. uh, and like we've talked about, chapter twenty is really the penalty phase. Yes, the penalty. Uh, phase. And when we say penalty, and I think we ought to make observation here. Um, this is this is Moses uh, writing this, and so yes. this is what he's speaking to the people of God as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's not talking about personal vengeance. So some of the terminology that's being used here. Uh, it's not like we interpret this to say, oh, I think I need to kill every witch I find. I think I need to take care of all the immorality and no, put them to death yeah, and stone yeah. That wasn't what he was talking about. No. They, this was a system of government, uh, and this was a government that you would call a theocracy. Yeah. A theocracy. I'll get it out. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and so yeah, so we're so we're not trying to advocate. If you're listening to this, that you need to go take yeah, all these penalty phases and, yeah. and and act them on course, people. No, that's not what we're saying. Know. No, and uh, you know, Pastor, what you said, the uh, theo I think is the term. I don't know, theoc theocracy. Isn't it like a democracy? Is it theocracy? Well, or something yeah, like that? It, yeah. However you something, say it, whatever. It's, uh, but uh, anyway, it's where you are, they're under God's law, period. And if they're going to follow him, and he is guiding them, he's leading them through. And back those those times, they were not citizens in the land of whatever, uh, going by their king and their laws that they were put down. They were their own nation. Right. And so this was what 
Israel should be built upon in these type of rules. And, and, and by the way, our our uh, our nation was built primarily on the Mosaic civil law. Yes. Uh, and the moral part of the law, you know. And, uh, and the reason why I caution on this is because everyone remembers the Salem witch trials. Oh, yeah. Okay, they were basing that on some of the things that we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. So let's not have another Salem witch but trial. There, Pastor, there are, how can I say this? There are sects, sects, S-E-C-T-S, of uh, Christian in the community and the whole world that basically have some of these types of things that they live by the Old Testament structures and stuff, and they... And they basically, I would think it's a misinterpretation of what should be going on today, but they go back there and they try to justify some of their actions with this. Right. And uh, no, no. Yeah, and you know, and like I said, you know, they're, they had a system on how they dealt with these things. It said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let something be established. Mm -hmm. What do we mean by that? That means if you don't have at least two people that were eyewitnesses, eyewitnesses. to an event, yeah. then you couldn't even make an accusation against anyone, even yeah. concerning the things that we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, it, and, and, you know, really, honestly, our laws are based in sense on the two or three witnesses here. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the whole definition of what it means to bear false witness is to make an accusation against someone and you don't have anybody else that saw so it, heard it, or know it. Yeah. Uh, and then it doesn't matter. You said, well, I, I saw them do it. It doesn't make any difference. You, according to the scripture, you're, you're bearing false witness. And then the whole concept behind that is the ideal that nobody gets away with anything and everybody's going to stand before a holy God one okay. day and answer. So, you know, and the, so that's where we leave. Vengeance is God's, not ours. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so we, you know, that's, that's an overriding principle that we don't have to talk about today. But, no. but, but all these things, this was not just like Sally going and saying, I saw Tom and, and Tracy doing something they shouldn't have done. And, then, oh, let's just take him outside and stone him. Yeah. That's not how that happened. <laughs> no, okay, no. and uh, so it don't read the Levitical Holiness Code, and you know think, boy, they were killing everybody everywhere. No, these were just laws that were established. Yes, if you were convicted by two or three witnesses, mm -hmm. yeah, then something might happen to you. Yes, but it's a lot like today. You know, I could come up and accuse you and say I think you're a murderer. Yeah, but you know what? That doesn't make you a murderer. No. So. And nobody's probably going to take me. Well, your character, they're going to look at me like I'm crazy anyway. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, mm -hmm. now if he goes off and murders people and a whole bunch of people see it, that's different. <laughs> yeah. Okay? So that, so keep it in mind when we read this that this is not Moses saying, speaking for God, I'm going to kill everybody. No, that's not the way it worked. No, no. There was a system that they abide by. Now, you know, in the, the verse nine that we had, or we talked about last week, we talked about how that you're, uh, you're slighting someone, uh, you know, and ruining their reputation in front of everybody else and this type of thing. And like Pastor was saying, you don't go over there and tell somebody that he's a pedophile or whatever unless you have proof. 
Right. You have witnesses. Yeah, and, because, we, and we talk about witnesses. Hey, a video is a witness. Yes. An audio recording is a witness. Yes. I mean, so, I mean, they didn't have that, but no. we, we do. And so, yeah, but anyway, that, okay. that's kind of the point of it. We don't want to go around accusing people. We don't no. want to have another Salem witch trial, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as we're going down, Pastor, and I just, uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with us. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10 is where we're going to begin today. And what we're going to do is we're going to be trying to kind of focus ourselves on the penalties of these things. A lot of these, like the Pastor, we were talking that a lot of these have our rep- repetition from what was in like 17, the incest, the 18, yeah, the, or 18 sorry, yeah. The 18, yeah, the incest and and all that. And now what he's doing is he's saying these are the results. This is what should happen to those individuals. So, um, and, and again, uh, okay, well, let's go. Pastor, go ahead if you yeah, want let's, to start let off. Let me read 10 through 16 because really this mm-hmm. is uh, really dealing primarily with just sexual sin. Okay. Uh, just to give us a little preview of it, we're talking about adultery, incest, uh, homosexual behavior, and bestiality. Um, and so let's start at verse 10. It says, If there is a man who commits adultery with another man's wife, one who commits adultery with his friend's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall be uh, surely put to death. If there is a man who lies with his father's wife, he has uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood guiltness is upon them. If there is a man who lies with his daughter-in-law, both of them should surely be put to death. They have committed incest. Their blood guiltness is upon them. If there is a man who lies with a male as those who lie with a woman, both of them have committed a detestable act. They should surely be put to death. Their blood guiltness is upon them. Mm. If there is a man who marries a woman and her mother, it is immorality. Both he and they shall be burned with fire, so that you'll be so there will be no immorality in your midst. And if there is a man who lies with an animal, he shall also be put to death, and you shall also kill the animal. And if there is a woman who approaches any animal to mate with it, you shall kill the woman and the animal, and they shall surely be put to death. Their blood guiltness is upon them. Now, let's take out just a couple of terms here in this chunk that we're looking at here. Now, shall surely be put to death. Uh, basically, that is, uh, there's no question about what that is. <laughs> They're going to be killed. So, the, the, the first chunk is the adulterers. And adultery was punishable by death. Yes. Okay. Uh, then it goes on to the man who lays with his father's wife and covers the nakedness. Uh, their blood shall be upon them. Now, uh, they shall surely be put to death. Of course, we understand that. But their blood shall be upon them. The responsibility for the shedding of their blood are on their own. Uh, this is, you, they can't, you cannot shake your fist in God's face and say, you did this. It is upon them because they've been warned. It, it kind of reminds me that when God warns you and you do it, you're at fault. And if something bad happens to you, it's it's on you. Yes, Is that how it's yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's uh, 
one of the reasons I believe it's written so plainly yeah. is, uh, you know, all those that came out of Egypt, they needed to understand that God is holy. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no mystery here. I mean, it's made very clear. And you, 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 you may ask, well, you know, why in the world would, would he have to write about that? Well, it's because these things were going on in Egypt. Yeah. And they were going on in Canaan. Mm -hmm. And once again, they were there for 430 years. Who knows how much of this they were involved in. And uh, we, we, so the point is, God was making it very clear, this is, this is, uh, you don't do this. No. This is, you yeah. know, this is behavior. You just don't do it. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, well, well, the perversion, or they're talking about the incest flaw here that you're talking about uh, there. And then in verse 13, he uses, you said, detestable act, which is toiva, yeah, which toiva. is abomination, that particular thing when it talks about homosexuality. Um, a man marrying a, marrying a woman and her mother it is immorality yeah, yeah that's strange I mean hopefully in, even in yeah. even in the in our country in the United States or anywhere in the world I guess we could say hopefully there's enough morality that if a, that if a dude just married two women period that we would say that that's not right I mean right, right now it's illegal it's polygamy it's polygamy but, but polygamy. you know the, the point what I'm trying to say is uh, you know this is something that God just would not tolerate so all the polygamists in the world understand that you know that you God in, instituted that it would be one man and one woman for life and out of that God would bless him so they could be fruitful and multiply yeah now, okay, okay, and, and, and I don't, we don't want, I don't want to go off on a tangent here because we're trying to roll through this, but the, 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 you, you brought up polygamy, okay, and the, somebody would ask the question, well, what about Jacob, or what about, what the, was this? Was, am I right to to understand this was after all? And then, uh, well, is there I mean, a time that God said well, it's I mean, okay? Or? Well, first of all, I mean, if we look at this is a, anyway, if you look at Jacob or Abraham or yeah. anybody like that, this is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Moses was ever born. Okay? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about 430 years. Uh, it had been probably that long since Jacob had died. Oh, yeah. So, you know, these, these you know, God obviously tolerated a lot of he things tolerated a lot, uh, in yeah. this regard. Uh, now, you could look at David, you know, and he had multiple wives, opposite Solomon did, mm -hmm. and a number of kings, but I can tell you this right now, that if if, if, if David could appear to us today, and that's not going to happen, but, but if he could, he'd probably tell you to stick with one. Yeah. It caused him all kinds of problems, and there's a Solomon, reason for was, that. He, he was those women drew him away from God. I mean, yes. it, was, it was very yeah. And, and there is a, even a question about whether Solomon, if we'll see him in heaven. I, you know, I'd like to think we will. Yeah. I don't know if he did repent or not, but uh, you know, but his heart was drawn away to worship other gods. See, <laughs> this is one thing David never did. He never worshipped anybody other than Yahweh. Yeah, that's correct. That, that's that's right, and that's that was good for David. Good on David. Um, okay, so a woman approaches an animal, talks about this. Basically, it's bestiality. Not only are you going to be put to death, but they kill the animal as well. Yeah, and, and that was within men and women. 
Yes, uh, there. Uh, we have an illusion, not illusion, we have a reference that doesn't use the word man in chapter 18, mm. but he comes back in chapter 20 and says, oh, in case we didn't understand it, yeah, you guys, you can't have sex with an animal. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and interesting right here, and, and like I said, we don't have to camp out on this, but this no. is something that I've used in dealing with people that get a little bit confused about uh, whether, you know, same-sex uh, attraction is okay if it's monogamous. And, you know, and so is it okay for two men to get married or two women to get married? And, of course, the answer to that is, yeah, no, it's not right. No. It's sinful. Uh, God's Word is pretty clear all the way through the Old and New Testament on that. But but some people will say, well, he's only talking about people involved in, you know, temple prostitution or pedophilia. Yeah, and it's amazing how we try to get around all those things yeah. but um, you know but so so some will sit there and they'll try to argue that and you know and anytime I've ever asked anybody this uh, it's amazing I have the same answer every time I said well is it all is it all right for me to have sex with my uh, you know if I had a weenie dog can I have sex with my weenie dog and they'll say no I said why what's wrong with it I mean if it's just monogamous between me and my dog yeah, and they're no that that would be wrong. I said according to who? Yeah, and I and I you know are you trying to borrow my biblical worldview? Are you talking about Leviticus eighteen and Leviticus twenty? Yeah, because to be honest with you, there's not a lot of scripture other than these two passages mm -hmm. that deal with it. I, I'm not aware of anywhere else no. it's spoken of. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that gets into the fact that Jesus talked about bestiality. We actually he did because he used the word pornea. But that's another discussion. Yeah. Uh, but but but, the, but but what I'm trying to say is, you know, people will pick and choose what they like out of the Levitical uh, Holiness Code, or they'll misinterpret what yep. they read out of it. And uh, and, and this whole uh, 18, 19, and 20 is the basis of the teachings by Jesus and by Paul and every other apostle that spoke about morality. Yep and how to love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, this is where it originates in chapter 19. Yeah, and this, this is where, where it begins, yes. And the thing is, is that what they, we try, they, but today what they were trying to do is they want to make things easier for them to live in a progressive world, allowing, you know, and the, the fact of the matter is, God is the same yesterday, today, and for, I mean, uh, he was the same back then. He didn't change his mind. No. He didn't. Uh, God does not change with the cultural, uh, uh, you know, uh, movement. I was reading Charisma magazine the other day. They used the word cultural depravity, um, <clears throat> and um, and the, he, you know, they do not change. God does not change his rules just to accommodate what's going on in a progressive movement. He's not going to. And we realize that, you know, this is a sensitive subject. I understand it is. Uh, I've had it touch my family. I understand how sensitive it is. But it doesn't change the fact that God has called us to speak his word. And that's you as well. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter whether you're a preacher or not. You know, you're to speak truth to lies. Yes. And, uh, and you're going to have an opportunity to speak toward the issue of homosexuality especially uh, 
and with the transsexual movement, it's it's, uh, it's more than yeah. You're going to end up having to take yeah. a stand, and, and you have uh, to, you know. So uh, it's it's, it's going to be uncomfortable. I'm yes. going to tell you that right now. I mm -hmm. I have uh, I have family members right now that I haven't spoken to for quite some time, and some of it has to do with this. Yeah. And uh, and it's sad. It really is. And. Uh, and, and you know, we love everybody. I mean, mm -hmm. we, you know, you, we're not talking about treating people ugly or anything. No. But speaking truth to lies, and you know, tell them that you, you know. That, that I was reading something the other day. So one of the questions in a book here, uh, it was on, on apologetics. It says, "Does God?" The question was, "Does God love everyone regardless of their sexual orientation?" Now, here the the operable word here, "Does God love them?" Yes. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. He loves them. He does not approve, or does he does not say it's okay, or I'm going to affirm, Listen, put but he way, loves them. God, God loves a lot of people that he sent to hell. Okay? Yeah. So, you know, the Bible yeah. says it's appointed to man once to die, then the judgment. And, you know, I've heard people say, well, God doesn't send people to hell. Yeah, that is not true. And, uh, yeah, you don't send yourself there. God does. He is a judge. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a lot of people that he loved that, unfortunately, because they rejected his son and they chose to go a different way, that even though atonement was made for them on the cross, it was not applied by faith. Yeah. And, uh, and that's Therefore, what happened. They, 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 that's where they're at. That, yeah, waiting the judgment of the lake of fire, and uh, and we don't say those things to be ugly. That's once again we speak the truth to lies. Yes, and yes. Uh, and that's yes. how we have to do it. And you know, this the ultimate sin that will send you to hell is your rejection of Jesus Christ. Oh sure, okay. So and you know and this I think we need to. But you see the thing here is after you accept Jesus, your life has changed. You don't want to do, you do not want to sin. You do not want to, uh, these things that we're talking about, you don't want to do them. Well, you're called out of it. You're I called mean, out of it and you shouldn't want to do them. You should want to please God. Therefore, these are sin. And you can, so you see, this is what I'm saying is that the, the twisting today that's going on with the churching, the church is wanting to affirm yeah. uh, these type of things. That it's wrong because after you become a Christian and you give your life to Christ, you should flee all of this. You should not. You're, you should not want to do it. You should want to please God. And if you don't want to please God, I question whether you're saved. Yeah, you, you probably had an emotional uh, experience with God, and emotion can it should be a part of it. I mean, hey, all your sins are forgiven. You met the risen Christ in that sense. Yes, that that's an emotional moment. But it's more than just emotion. It's it's a sense of, you know, the spirit has put in you a new heart. Yes. A a, Your new, a new nature. You, yes. And then that's why Paul used words like, you know, you may have been a homosexual, you might have been an idolater, mm -hmm. you might have been a drunkard, you might have been this or that. That was what you once were. Once were. But now you're washed, justified, sanctified. Because why? You gave your life to Jesus. It doesn't mean you're perfect. Nobody's perfect. No. But, but but what he was talking about was that, yes, you have a new life. That's what it means to pass from death to life. That's what Paul meant. We were spiritually dead. When we met Christ and we received him, he gave us power to become the sons of God. Yes. 
Yeah. You know, and so that's a, that's a that's a that's a, a deeply spiritual experience, and not everybody has to cry and well about it. No, but no. but I'm just saying there is a nature change, and and, yes. and and you know. But once again, why would Paul write to all these Christians about don't do these things, don't practice them? Is because we live in an evil world. We live in a world where we are we are distracted by stuff, we're tempted by stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's it, 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 it's it, and you know and it, it was the same in Paul in Jesus's day and it's the same in ours. Yeah. And that's why we teach on these things. You know, one of the things I was thinking about when going through this, and uh, is somewhere in here I'm sure uh, we need to really look at uh, Romans one, yeah. uh, starting in verse eighteen, okay. uh, because that is an exemplary. Uh, talking about God's wrath and what, and I believe it's the abandonment, judgment of God. Mm-hmm. What he's talking about, the ideal that he gives them up, he gives them over, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's an exchange uh, of what happens with people who know God, and yet they don't refuse to glorify Him as God. They, you say, well, that's just idol worship. I don't think so. No, I think you know, and, and this issue about churches. Affirming homosexual behavior, yeah, yeah. affirming things they shouldn't affirm, uh, is so much of that context applies to that. Okay. And uh, and the thirty second verse talks about not only do they do the same, but they approve. They, they approve. approve. Yeah. Uh, they the, that's to affirm. That's affirm. You, you approve it. So if you're affirming same sex marriage, then you're as guilty as the one who's doing it. Yeah. And so those are things that I think people need. We, we, once again, speaking truth to lies. I mean, yeah. we, we need to, to to be able to make a biblical worldview case mm-hmm. on what it means to be a Christian. And, yeah. and so these sexual sins here, yeah. hopefully, you know, everyone who's listening or watching this, uh, hopefully this makes sense to you. These are things, adultery, incest, homosexual behavior, bestiality. That's exactly what we just talked about. We, we, just, we, don't, we don't do those things. Through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Verses 17 through 21. Steve, do you want to read Yeah, let's roll through that. Okay. If a man takes his sister, his father's daughter, or his mother's daughter, and sees her nakedness, and she sees his nakedness, it is a wicked thing, and they shall be cut off in the sight of their people. He has uncovered his sister's nakedness. He shall bear his guilt. If a man lies with a woman during her sickness or and uncovers her nakedness, he has exposed her flow, and she has uncovered the flow of her blood, both of them shall be cut off from their people. Uh, I, I'm looking more, the, you know, this kind of stuff, you just look at it and you're saying, ew, ew. Uh, the, the penalties that it's, that it's bringing out here, cutting them off from their people. They'd be kicked out of the uh, nation of Israel for that. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, nor of your father's sister. I believe that's the aunt. For that would uncover the near of kin. They shall bear their guilt. If a man lies with his uncle's wife, he has uncovered her uncle's nakedness, his uncle's nakedness. They shall bear their sin, they shall be childless, or die childless. In other words, you're not having kids. If a man takes his brother's wife 
It is an unclean thing. He has uncovered his brother's nakedness. They shall be childless. Yeah. Now, yeah, okay, those Pastor. Are, those are pretty, uh, I mean, the penalty phase of this is amazing. And, uh, yeah. you know, and I was looking at this, when I read down the New American Standard in verse 18, it uses the word, a man who lies with a menstrualist woman. In other words, you're thinking about someone who's on her monthly time. Yeah. But uh, in the margin over here, it says literally sick. So I, I don't know. I mean, of course, it talks about the flow of her blood. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we talked about before is a lot of people will use the scripture like that and really run that thing down on the ground. Yeah. Um, as it relates to today or even then. I believe the the reason we read the Bible in context is when we're reading this, uh, Moses obviously is switching gears in verse uh, 17. Uh -huh. I say switching gears. It's the same topic of immorality, but he takes it a little different. Yeah. And this is incest that's in relation to a blood relative. Yeah, blood relative. This is very, very specific. We saw that in 19 too. Yeah. Uh, and also 18. 18 uh, gave all kinds of interesting. I mean, there's more. In, in chapter 18, there's more said about incest than anything. Yeah. Uh, and it should be spoken about more because yeah. it's a big problem. Okay. okay. Um, but the specific incest here, I, I think you have to put verse 18 in that context. He's talking about somebody you're related to. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and obviously, you're not married to them. Okay, it can't be it's not incest if you're married. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and, and so it's it, it, but the, but the penalty. I mean, I mean they'll be cut off among their people. Okay. Uh, the uncle one, they'll die childless. Okay. Those are uh, those are severe penalties. And, and when you say die childless, that's not like Moses could you know make that happen. That that's a divine, that's a divine interruption by yeah. by, the, by God, you know. Yeah. And uh, and by the way, we're not saying everybody who's childless is guilty of this. No, no, no. But this is one. This is one of the causes. Yeah. For yes. it, uh, you know, and they uses the term unclean. Now, yes. this is one thing that we really have to understand. God, you can, God cannot have uncleanness in His sight. Okay, and the thing is, is that in a person pastor that had leprosy. Now just check this out. You got a person with leprosy, and we know that this sort of skin is just kind of coming off or whatever. Um, and what they had to do was that those people with leprosy had to go with outside the camp. They could not come within a certain distance of any human being. Of course, you don't want to catch them or whatever. But at the same time, whenever somebody approached them or was coming near, that person had to yell out, unclean, unclean, to warn them that they were unclean. So the thing here is, and I'm sorry, I'm digging into my, my Hebrew Jewish type of, but the thing is, is that being unclean before God is a wrong, you know, he, God won't put up with it either. I mean, being unclean, uh, sometimes it was death, sometimes it was judgment or personal judgment um, but you know and even there was one where it says you're unclean until the evening I'm not going to go into that but um, unclean until the evening so 
that that is a when you look uh, looking at the whole Deuteronomy and, you, and uh, Levitical laws and all this, it does bring that out. So we cannot and and uh, as we go into the next scriptures, you're going to see uncleanness going on here uh, as we go down 22 and for, uh, forward there. And Pastor, you go ahead whenever you want to and read okay, that. Uh, Verse 22, you are therefore to keep all my statutes and all my ordinances and do them so that the land which I'm bringing you to live will not spew or vomit you out. Mm -hmm. Moreover, you shall uh, not follow the customs of the nation which I drive out before you. Yes. For they did all these things, and therefore I have uh, abhorred them. In other words, he's hated them. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, uh, that, strong, that's just a very strong language hence i have said to you you are my um my you you are to possess the land and i myself will give it to you to possess it a land flowing with milk and honey uh i am the lord your god who has separated you from your uh, from from the peoples you are therefore to make a distinction and that that's a we want to come back to that you are to make a distinction between the clean animal and the unclean, between the unclean bird and the clean, and you shall not make for yourselves uh, detestable by animal or by bird or by anything that creeps on the ground which I have separated for you as unclean. Thus you are to be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and I have set you apart for, uh, from the peoples to be mine. Yes. So there is a, you, uh, he said, what does he say? For I, the Lord, am holy. You shall be holy to me. Right. And, and, and the whole issue of clean and unclean animals, um, part of this, as, as, as far as God was concerned, had to do some with dietary. Yes. But not only. Mm -hmm. Uh, we do know in the New Testament that issue was dealt with and done away with. That's yes. very clear. Okay? Yeah. So if you want to eat pork and you want to eat stuff yes. like that, it's a, it's okay to eat a horse. I've never ate one, but but it, you're not going to sin if you do. Uh, but, but my point here is a lot of this clean and unclean on animals and birds and, and whatever we're talking about was an example to them about staying clean as it related to living for God. Yeah. And how do we do that? Well, we don't get involved in all that sexual sin that we just read. Mm -hmm. And we don't get involved in all this uh, worship of Moloch and uh, in any other uh, Canaanite uh, you know, issues, uh, whether we're talking about the Baal or we're talking about the Asherah. Mm -hmm. or what, we, we don't do that. You know? And so you, know, you stay, th those things are unclean. Yes. You know, the only thing that's clean in your worship is Yahweh yeah. and how he has prescribed to approach him. And so everything we're looking at here, yes, there are some very specific issues that are being dealt with, okay. but I believe the overall emphasis is I want you to worship me and I want you to, I, because I'm holy and I want you to be holy in your behavior. And if you'll do that, I'll give you this land and notice he said it's a land flowing with milk and, with milk and honey. Yeah. So, you know, God's not trying to take something away from you so you'll be miserable. No, he wants to give you something better. Yes. And if you're out there, if you're a man watching this right now, and maybe 
you know, maybe you, you're thinking, well, what does God want in my life? And maybe you're unmarried. You know what? God doesn't want you to be involved with a bunch of different women or a, a bunch of different men. What he wants, he wants to give you a wife. He wants to give you somebody that'll be a blessing. And if you're a woman, he wants to give you a good man yes. that'll be a husband to you and he'll love you just like Christ loves his church. And by the way, this is Mother's Day coming up yes. for all our mothers out there. We want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. Now, um, okay, Pastor. So what we're talking about clean, unclean. He's talking, using terms like separate yourself from the other nations. Don't be like them, this type of thing. And, <clears throat> okay, let me ask you a question. When, when all of a sudden these people became Israel or the chosen people, did they automatically, were they automatically made clean and never being able to be unclean again? No. Okay. So the same, and the, the parallel I'm bringing this, and I'm, the comparison is when a person becomes a Christian, they are the, they're, they become a Christian. Do they have the ability uh, to be unclean again, or uh, or, or to well, sin, or what have you? Yeah, okay. it, well, they would have to. Okay. Uh, there'd be no reason for Paul to write mm -hmm. the thing, especially Paul, who wrote so many vice lists. And by the way, the vice lists, so that if you do these things, you'll not inherit the kingdom of God. He writes them to churches. He writes yeah. them to believers. Do we have the ability to stay away from and not do these things? Or are we just thoughtful going with the flock? Well, I, I do believe we have the ability to stay away. I, I believe we have the ability because if we are believers, uh, that is the Holy Spirit, uh, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's living inside of us. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and, and we can put our faith in what God has said. And, uh, and we can rise above it. It doesn't mean we'll be perfect because no one's perfect. But if you're asking me, can a young man who was living an immoral lifestyle come to Christ and stop it? Yes. yes. And, and could a witch come to Christ? Can she stop a witchcraft? Of course she can. Yes. Uh, first of all, I believe there's deliverance in salvation, but mm -hmm. even with the renewing of the mind, one of the, one of the things that uh, in our seminar we were talking about uh, with the flesh, you know, that, that concept of, you know, the sorax and, uh, and you know, how, how do we overcome that, you know? And, yeah. and, and we, we dealt with that in Galatians 5 context. We, <coughs> we do that. But one of the things I said uh, is how we overcome the flesh mm -hmm. is that we, uh, re, we renew our minds with God's Word daily, and we do this by meditating on the Word of God day and night. And so, in other words, I take what Scripture says, I meditate, means I memorize it, I speak it to myself, mm -hmm. uh, and that's how I renew my mind. And what does that do? It produces faith. And the Bible says faith is the victory that's overcome the world. That's what yes, John yes, said. Yes, yes. Well, God's told us where to get faith. We get it from the Word mm -hmm. when we hear it. And, uh, and so when I hear this Word over and over and over again, then there's something that happens to me, especially in my mind, mm -hmm. and uh, that it, my thoughts become different. And that's really deliverance right there. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many people I've talked to in, in, in my life 
and, uh, and, and I've asked them the questions, you know, they, maybe they got themselves in trouble with the law, maybe they got in trouble with drugs, or they got in trouble with something, you know, and, and you know, and now they're a Christian, and, and you know, and so I, I've sat down with them, and I said, can you tell me, uh, obviously you're not doing these things anymore, I said, can you tell me what you were thinking at the time you were doing it? And, I, and let every one of them will say the same thing. I can remember what I was thinking. I can remember what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But it just doesn't make sense to me anymore. Yeah. That is salvation. Well, it's a renewing of the mind. Yeah, it's and, a and transformation plus the uh, transformation that's yeah. occurred. And because what God does initially with a Christian is that he, it's the spirit of man that's reborn. Yes. But there's still the mind, the solical parts that uh, that we have to do something with. And that's why my discipleship is so important. Yes. That's why I'm going to church yes. is so important. Yes. That's why I'm reading your Bible is so important. Yes. Okay. Yes. Those are simple things to do. They're not hard. God didn't ask you to climb up to Mount Everest and read your Bible every day. No. You know, that's not the way he made it simple for us. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, okay, so yeah, that's the, the, the questions there. There's a, uh, I want to just make one comment, and I think we ought to just make one comment about all these unclean animals and clean animals and stuff like this, and you kind of alluded to it just a little bit ago, is the thing that people, that there's a lot of people that get on Christian television, uh, I'm just going to say it, they get on Christian television, they say, well, you're not supposed to eat shrimp. They're bottom feeders, and they're unclean, and they're all, you know, and you're not supposed to eat lobster, which, I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but, or, or these type of things, or you're not supposed to eat pork, or you're not, you know, this, or the fat on, you know, they say they get on the fat on your steak. You don't want to have a marbled steak. You want it all trimmed off, and you can't eat that fat or whatever like that. And then, you know, this is a little funny story, is that we were up at a, we were helping a church. This was up north many, many years ago. And we had, in the park, they had a fundraiser for the church, and they were selling brisket plates. And so we had all these briskets. They were cutting it off there like this. And then somebody was cutting, cutting it, and then they were moving. They cut the fat off, and they put it over here, right? And then they got the meat over here, and they were doing that type of thing, trying to serve the... So these people were coming up there, and they were saying, give me some of that fat. I said, what? <laughs> First of all, it doesn't look... To me, it doesn't look appetizing just sitting out there by itself. But... Um, uh, but I said, give me some of that fat. That's where the flavor is and all this type of thing. And the thing is, is that a lot of, and what I've seen on the Christian television, uh, a lot of them, they want to talk about your health and they're all, and they do, they talk about everything else except for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't even get me started on that. But the thing is, is that they talk about all that health. And then they say, well, these are unclean or clean animals. And you got to go by. And, uh, so they get up into that pastor now wasn't it peter and you, you maybe you could help us yeah, with the, the story sheet, the sheet that comes out from heaven uh he said i believe simon in the tanner's house okay and this is kind of the context of cornelius and you know he sees an angel he tells him where to find him yeah and while he sends people there uh he falls into a trance uh, mm -hmm. he has a vision and we got a, a creature in here that wanted to come to church okay and um, 
And anyway, uh, and he sees this sheet come down to heaven with all these unclean animals on it. Here's a voice from heaven saying, rise, Peter, kill and eat. He mm -hmm. says, no, not so. I've never, ever had anything. Unclean so in other words, animals. I've never had anything like uh, shrimp or pork or anything. Any of that good stuff. I, I don't know if there's any shrimp on it. But anyway, but the, the point of it is, this happens, I believe, three times. Mm -hmm. And it, after the third time, it took Peter a little while to figure out what was going on. And uh, because Gentiles were considered unclean. If you were yes. uncircumcised, you were considered unclean. Yes. And, um, and, and you know, and, and so, you know, uh, yeah, then they're, they're, the, he, he realized that when he gets to Cornelius' house, God has made it very clear to me, I'm not to call anybody unclean. Yeah. Or anything like that. And so he preaches the gospel. He brought all his Jewish friends, though, uh, to... to with him though just to make sure uh, and Peter had a little hard time with this even later in Galatians Paul had to rebuke him over it but he got it right okay yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but you got to remember Peter is a Jew I mean he's uh, yeah. you know he, he, he doesn't have the uh, oh what, what, what would I say he didn't have the education in scripture that someone like Paul did yeah. and, and you know we can talk about how Peter walked with Jesus for three and a half years uh so did Paul, but in a different way. Yeah. And uh, and so you know, there Paul got the undivided attention mm -hmm. that 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 they didn't get. And not only that, he sat at the feet of Galilee, Gamel, whatever his name is. Mm -hmm. uh, there, that, yeah. So uh, Paul had a better grasp on scripture. Yeah, he, he had a better grasp and, on uh, scripture. But the, the bottom line is, yes, the, the, the addendum that Luke. Put in there. Luke is the companion of Paul. Yes. So he writes this, and the addendum put on this is that they understood that all meats were considered clean. Clean. And yes. that's not added by a scribe. That's not anybody. That's Luke. Okay. He wrote that. And uh, and you, you got to remember this that he had Paul looking at what he wrote. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so he, did. uh, he didn't argue about that. And, and by the way, Paul, uh, in all the letters uh, he wrote, he never talked about dietary issues. One of the things I thought about when you were talking about that is that I made a statement, and uh, and, and you know, and, and and it can be misconstrued because I've I've seen uh, churches really really give cigarette smokers a hard time, mm -hmm. and I've always thought that was funny uh, how that we can persecute someone yeah. who's smoking. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that smoking is good for you. No, it's not going to send you to hell. It'll get you to heaven a little quicker. Yeah. But but it, no, is it sinful? No, it's not sinful because if smoking is sinful, then everybody who's drinking a coke tonight is sinning too. Yes. Okay. And I I, I made this statement many times. There's nothing worse than to watch a fat man preach about smoking. Okay. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, I mean, hey, stop it. And, you know, and so, you know, if you're a smoker out there, hey, man, you know, be free. You can smoke all you want. Realize this. Is it destructive? Yes, it is. I'd recommend you stop it and ask God to help you. Mm -hmm. But not because you're going to go to hell because you do it, okay? Yeah. But if you're eating a bunch of stuff you shouldn't be eating, and, and I don't matter whether well, it's you're heavy or not, I would recommend you're not going to go to hell for that either. But you know what? You might want to stop it. Yeah. Okay. So, so there, there, <laughs> there it is. All right. Let's, let's go ahead and tackle that last 
verse here. And it said, and I'll go ahead and read just that last verse in verse 27 is where we're at right now. A man or a woman who is a medium or who has familiar spirits, we'll talk about that in a minute, shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. Now, okay, uh, this is what the New King James Version says, Pastor. And the thing is a medium. A medium is one who's calling up the spirits. It's the one that's Madame Cleo that you're over there reading the crystal ball with. Um, or uh, or somebody who's, who's uh, you know, conjuring up somebody. You talk to your late uncle who's going to come in a seance and, and this type of thing. That's a medium. Now, one who has familiar spirits... Um, I've seen in some of the translations there is a spiritist, someone who is practicing this. But, Pastor, maybe you can expound on that. You know, this is a little bit of a mystery to me. I'm not, I don't consider myself uh, overly familiar with the Hebrew language. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can do word studies. I can, I can read some of it. But this... This was a puzzlement to me. I, I don't even know why I looked at it a week ago or two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. But the word that's translated mediums, and, and of course, I'm New American Standard would be spiritus, and it's quoted again here in verse 27. And, uh, and, and why I find it really interesting is because the Hebrew word for mediums is the word ghost or spirits of the dead. Now, and that was the, the part that, that the reason why I think there's probably something a little deeper there. I looked everywhere I could on Hebrew lexicons. I okay. couldn't find anything different. But you can't put to death a spirit or a ghost. No, no, no. You know, no. You, you can't do that. So there, obviously, it's talking. It's so talking about an individual. It's got to be enmeshed in that. You know, the, here this is this is a little. Uh, interesting thing that the lights are flashing now that we're talking about. Yeah, now. well, yeah, well, we have a storm. Okay. Uh, we have a storm, so, so don't Well, we're almost done okay. anyways. <laughs> okay, uh, the word ov, ov, or o, yeah, this is the be pronounced ov, and that is the word for the, a medium. Yes. And the, um, <clears throat> that is the same term that was being talked about when uh, Saul went to the witch at Endor. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's applied even though the literal meaning is a ghost mm -hmm. or the spirits of the dead, but it's being applied to individuals. So I would have to believe that that's what we're talking about. Yeah, and someone the, the, who, but, but a spirit is someone who contacts the dead. So it's almost like it's, there's yeah. not a lot of difference between a spiritist or, uh, or a the, medium. Yeah, and then the, that word in the in the Hebrew, Yidoni, uh, Yidioni, <laughs> I didn't try to say that five, five times fast, Yidioni, uh, it actually has a, tra a translation of being a spiritist, someone who talks uh, to, who is acquainted with the unknown uh, or the um, unseen world, a soothsayer. Yeah. It, okay. Yeah. So, a, yeah. Some of these overlap, mm -hmm. you know. The whole point of it is, if you're involved with trying to contact the dead, yes. if you're sitting there uh, a part of some kind of, uh, like you said, Cleo, 
You know, she's going to tell you what your dead uncle's uh, talking to you about. Yeah. Uh, in this in this context here, and uh, and that was they they were and when they said they were to put, oh. it's not any individual do it. This is a government uh, uh, that was being established okay. for Israel. In other words, they would put them, them to death. Yes. And this this okay. And I just kind of clicked with me because this a. Uh, uh, a medium or someone who is spiritist doing to it actually gives the um, the it, it's actually a conveyor of familiar spirits. It's somebody channeling it who's channeling familiar spirits. Now this is why when they're saying that did, did Samuel come up out of the grave up there and talk to no familiar spirits. Yeah, it's familiar. It's familiar in the sense. And by the way, my understanding, and, and I, somebody told me this, so maybe Steve, you can be a, a better person to answer this, but I was told that that word familiar even implies friendly. Yeah. And uh, and everybody remembers Casper, Casper the Friendly Ghost. Casper the Friendly Ghost. No. Uh, he's a familiar spirit, you know, in that sense. And that's what introduced a lot of this witchcraft uh, in this country is things like Bewitched and Casper and and the Adams family, and all, you know, this stuff is garbage, is what it is. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, and, and and those things were geared to children. Yeah. And uh, even to adults to some extent. And uh, so you know, um, yeah, the people. God doesn't want us to be a part of that. No. And even in a New Testament standpoint, what Paul uses the word uh, pharmakia or pharmakia, however you. Um, in, in the sense of uh, being translated sorcerer mm -hmm. or, or witchcraft yeah. or, or something of that nature. And, uh, and and that goes back into probably, I would say, what a lot of this is, is people using drugs to, uh, you know, to open yourself up to, uh, to receiving a visitation from a, a demonic spirit or a familiar spirit. Yes, um, and the, the thing is, these missions, you know, Pastor, could you imagine? This person is, is the, first of all, in order to come, to communicate with these familiar spirits or with the what's his demonic spirits, basically, they have to be filled with a demonic spirit themselves. They well, have yeah, to if, if it's real. Yeah, yeah. You know, think about the uh, the, the the Acts sixteen. Uh, the, the, well, Luke records it, and he says basically. This woman who had a spirit of python—that's mm -hmm. the Greek word. Yes, yeah. some spirit of divination. Yeah, um, you know she was able to tell people their futures, or give them information or something. I should say just information. Mm -hmm. And uh, and she follows Paul, and uh, and them around their company, and and her message is is good. It's great advertisement. And that is, these men are showing you the way to God. Yeah. In other words, you don't need to listen to them. So I don't know if she was saying that because she believed that or not. Uh, I but, think the uh, spirit was speaking. Or the but after about two days uh, of this, this is Paul became annoyed. Yeah. And so I don't know what's going on here, but he cast, cast that spirit of Python yeah. out. Mm -hmm. She lost her ability, so she was a real deal. Yeah. I mean, she was possessed with something. Uh, and uh, and she had the event. In fact, that's what kind of put that jail there yeah. in Philippi. 
Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You cast demons out of people. Sometimes they don't go over very well. Pastor, the thing, if you get a, if if you go into the presence or start continually using, madam, or whatever medium, whatever, and um, and okay, uh, the, okay. The, this anyway, I'm getting it. Okay, there was a movie in Hollywood. Y'all probably some of you may have watched it. It was called Ghost. Okay. It was Patrick Swayze, Whoopi Goldberg, that thing, that, that bitter thing that's on The View right now. Anyway, don't even get me started. She's not on that. there anymore. Oh, did she leave? No, I think, uh, my understanding is, did they not remove her? I, I, I don't know. she was removed. Oh, okay. Anyway, she, uh, she was in the movie, and she was the medium. And it actually literally gave you, uh, through whatever means Hollywood does, that these spirits would jump into her and she would speak. And then they would come out and they were trying to fight to get into her. Now, okay, this is Hollywood. Understood. These were not real people from uh, who died on. But the, thing, the thing, fact of the matter is, according to here, what we understand through Scripture is that a medium is dealing with demons. And demons are coming in and out of this lady or, or transmitting through this one. Now, if I'm going down to this medium and paying her money or what have you and doing that, do I make myself, um, what's the word, susceptible to demonic influence? Oh, I, I think so. I, I think so. I mean, could I get um, a demon? I or have. Demonized I have, or whatever. I, like I said, I've, I've dealt with people that were having visitations their home, they seen something, maybe they thought they saw their uh, dead relative, maybe dead wife yeah. or, or whatever. Um, I've, I've had to deal with uh, children uh, having seen things in their room, having terrible nightmares, things disappearing in their and, and you know, in, in every case where I've ever dealt with anybody, they've opened the door somewhere. And it, it wasn't always the same thing, but they opened the door somewhere in the area of the occult. And uh, and what we don't want to do is we don't want to be sitting around entertaining ourselves with occultic issues. Um, you know, you know, I, this. I mean, if 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 you got if you got a television show. Uh, isn't there a television show called Supernatural? Yes, there, yeah, Supernatural. I, I've, never, story, yeah. I've actually never seen an episode seen of it. it. I've mm -hmm. talked to people who have. Uh, this but those are things that, that we don't entertain ourselves with stuff like this. No. no. If you want to, if you want to know something about witchcraft or divination, read your Bible. There's a, there's stuff in here that'll tell you what it is and how to deal with it. Yeah. You, know, you know, and I, and, I, and one of the things I teach our church. And, uh, and that is, if you touch the occult, the occult will touch you. Yeah, it will. And uh, so you don't want to get all jacked up over something like that. No, Pastor, I, okay, and I'm, I'm, we're going to have to wind down here, but let me, I don't know if I told this story before. I may have many, many moons ago, but I've maybe had many moons. Okay, anyway. Um, I, when I was up in uh, Illinois, this was a couple, within the couple years after Adina and I were married, we had moved to Illinois, the don't even get into the circumstances of that. We, it was not. Uh, but anyway, I ended up working for a unit uh, as a unit counselor at a boys' home. 
and um, and the, it was good because we were able to bust the kids into the youth uh, meetings and they were preached to and they were praying. You know, we, we were able to make a dent there, spiritually speaking, uh, ministry speaking, which was good. There was one boy who was there. His name was Reggie. And Reggie, um, he basically, he was, uh, they would probably medically term him schizophrenic. He would be having a conversation with you like I was talking to you here. Then all of a sudden, he'd just start saying things that you were just kind of, whoa, dude. Um, it's very possible and most probable that he was demonized. The story of Reggie was this, is that his mother, his mother prostituted herself out. Reggie was a little boy. She, was, she, was, she kept him in the apartment that she was living in. The Johns, and I'm being a little bit very, very, um, I'm not holding back with my words. The Johns that would come in there to, to uh, have sex with her or whatever, is what they would do is she would, she would put Reggie in front of a television set. And she would go in and take care of what she had to do. Now, and and the, Reggie, uh, basically the only types of movies that she, he was uh, listening to um, Freddy Krueger whatever that thing is uh, you know Nightmare on Elm Street and all these horror movies I mean vast the the thing when I, I said that when he would go off and start speaking he was literally repeating dialogue from these horror movies it was a very creepy uh, thing to to witness we prayed for him several times and all that. But the, the fact of the matter is, they said, well, he's schizophrenic and all this type of thing. And you see, you, you, when you talked about, we shouldn't open ourselves up. You're down there and you're going, and you're, and you're going to a seance. You're going to a plane with a Ouija board. Or you're going to a medium or that's a crystal ball or she's going to be telling you what's going on or talking to your dead uh, relative or what have you. As a Christian, they say, well, we can't, you, you can still be demonized. These, these people that are hearing voices and they're in the middle of the night, uh, you know, and this type of thing, uh, have, after you've opened yourself up there, you are dealing with this. Why do you feel that God here in verse 27 says, They shall stone them with stones, shall surely be put to death. And anyone who deals with that, God was going to have, they were going to die. There is a reason why. Well, God didn't, he wasn't inclusive enough. Seriously, some of the kind of garbage that people are spewing today, you've really got to wade through the, the manure, frankly. God, for a reason, said, I'm going to put them to death and get them out of there. They, are, they basically were in, in, uh, in cahoots with the devil, with demon spirits. And the thing is, you open yourselves up. And I, I don't understand Christians. Oh, it's okay. I watch some horror movies and stuff like this. 
when my kids were being raised, I didn't allow that kind of stuff in. Now, if they went to the friends and saw something, I couldn't, there's something that under, out of our control, we couldn't deal with it. We couldn't, you know, go over there and tell them you can't. But at the same time, in our home, we didn't allow it because we didn't want to have nightmares in the middle of the night. We didn't want to have those type of things of those kids dealing with that because children are impressionable. And God will hold us responsible for what we do with our children and with our own lives. And he said, well, I'm not going to go to hell for watching a, a horror movie. I didn't say you're going to, but you're going to open yourselves up to hell. Yeah, and then you're gonna you're gonna have problems with your, your kids, and and you know I was thinking about you know this Sunday we'll be celebrating Mother's Day. We mentioned something about it, and uh, as a mother, uh, this is your special day, but you have an impact on your children, even your grown children, and, uh, and and part of that blessing of being a mother is also a responsibility. By the way, the father has the same. Yes. And that is to make sure that we are leading them in the right way. Yes. And, uh, and, and you know, so, you know, we, we don't bring witchy stuff in the house. We don't, no. that's like, we don't do stuff like that. And, uh, and I've had enough experience uh, uh, with, with things that I've had to deal with that I'm maybe a little more sensitive on this matter. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but um, when I say sensitive, I just, to me, I just want I want to stay clear of it. Yeah. Because when we have to deal with things, you don't want to be having clutter in your own life. No. Even if it seems to be very sanitized. Sure. Yeah. So. Uh, um, yeah. So uh, okay. all of all of this right here. Uh, these are the penalty phases. Uh, you know, we go back. You know, in the 19th chapter, we have some. Uh, Issues that, that are what, what I love about the 19th chapter is the ideal that how it's tied to the ideal that we ought to love our neighbor as ourselves. You know, the 18 is a lot of the ancestral things, and then of course, the issue of Moloch worship uh, it's brought up again in chapter 20. It starts, in fact, it starts out in chapter 20, yeah, uh, with a bang there on Moloch, mm -hmm. and uh, and then it gets into. Uh, the 18th chapter, the issue with not only homosexuality, it gets into uh, the fact of bestiality, and, and and then it ties it to, you know, this is why God's driving out all these nations in Canaan. Yeah. You know, it's because they practiced all this stuff. Yes, they did. And uh, and I'm driving <laughs> them out, and, and the warning is that if you do the same thing, I'll, I'll drive you out. Yeah. You're to be holy to me. Uh, and and so these are directive uh, to us. They're applicable because God doesn't want us to be involved in sexual immorality. God no. does not want us to be involved in the occult. Mm -hmm. And uh, right. and so we, we we just stay away from this. And what we're supposed to do is love the Lord our God with uh, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, right. and love our neighbor as ourselves. That's yep. how Jesus applied this. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, by the way, he's very familiar with Leviticus 18, 19, and 20. Yes, he was. Yep. And uh, we see that as uh, coming out there in the pages of the New Testament as well. All righty, Pastor. Well, okay, we made it through the holiness code, which is, this is a long thing. Eight parts, but I'm going to tell you what, if you miss some of the parts, you need to go back and listen to them. You need to share 
these type of things with other people. They need to understand and, and uh, to be able to absorb this. It's very important. This is a very good teaching. I mean, we could have had a seminar on it, but I mean, we took eight weeks to, or eight sessions or podcasts to, to pull this out. So we, I think you got more cluck for your buck than you would on a, uh, on a seminar on a weekend. And, and also, uh, to make mention of this, and, I, and we've already said this before, we, there's, there's more than what we said here. I oh, mean, yeah. And what I mean by so, that is what we said is not all that can be said about it. Mm-hmm. So we're not trying to uh, insinuate that, but we did spend eight weeks with it. Mm-hmm. We plotted through this. We wanted to give it a well, uh, not only a well thought out presentation, but a, uh, a biblical yes. you know, presentation. Yes. So we'd see the context. We have, we've read every verse in these. We haven't skipped any. We've dealt with some issues that does cause you to scratch your head a little bit a few times. Yeah. But you know what? We're yeah. not going to, as Michael Heiser, the late Michael Heiser said, I will not protect you from the Bible. We're not going to no. do it either because the Bible won't hurt you. Nope. It will not hurt you. It will point you to the right way. And uh, in the pages of the word, it's like you were saying, saying earlier, Pastor, that's where faith comes. And that gives us that ability to live a holy life and to do what God wants us to to do and that's that should be our desire as a Christian that should, definitely should be our desire now um, if, if, uh, uh, if we're agreed next week I think what we're going to do is uh, if I think we're ready to talk begin talking about some of the things of a book uh, there's a book by uh, let me get his name right Jonathan Jonathan Kahn Kahn the, ter- the book is called Return of the Gods. If you have not read this, there's, there's bookstores all over, Amazon, wherever you want to get a hold of a copy, if you like reading books like that. It's also on audio. We listen to audio. Uh, unfortunately, I was listening sometime in the evening and fell asleep and had to go back it up. So I can, <laughs> but anyway, uh, to get through it. But there are some things that we know as a nation today as a nation today, we see an onslaught of sin and things that are coming upon our country. Everything from homosexuality, we've talked a lot about that, uh, trans, this transsexual, I guess that's the term, movement. Uh, the rise and the fight for abortion in our country. And this particular book talks about it, The Return of the Gods. Now, uh, when we get into it, there's a lot of stuff. This is going to go deep. This is going to get some really uh, interesting things that we will bring out. We will be talking about Moloch. We will be talking about what they did with the gods. Uh, In their dedications, how they prayed that the gods would inhabit their uh, idols. And I guarantee you that was not the god. It was a demonic spirit. We know that from Ephesians chapter 6 of who we deal with. But anyway, as we go into this, this is going to be a great study. You do not want to miss these next few podcasts. We're going to go deep. And um, this is is an amazing book, and I believe it is for the time today. It has a lot of things to say. I don't know if every word is exactly true, but I'm going to tell you what. It brings you to thought, and I think it's something that we need to flush out. So, Pastor, uh, any parting comments today? 
No, I think after eight episodes, we've pretty much... I think we did it. We tapped out. Yeah, okay, we camped out for the Holiness Code. All righty, God bless you all. Uh, uh, just c continue in the Lord. We pray that you come back next week. Thank you. And again, everyone who who uh, watches, thank you for supporting us. Uh, we're averaging, I mean, last week was over 4,000, which is just boggles my mind. I think we're going to be into the 3,000s on this other one. It kind of goes that way, but we are getting so much more in our viewership and we do appreciate that thank you for tuning in be with us next week around the same time and we're going to go uh, dig deep into the return of the gods god bless you all have a wonderful week in the lord